Hello and welcome to episode 6 of the Logan Damry Show. Today's episode I have a special guest and great friend of mine, Enrique Garcia, on. We talk about a lot of different things, specifically being perseverant and persistent and authenticity when it comes to using the internet. We have done quite a few podcasts together in the past, none really serious. We have, we have our own called the, uh, the Chubby Cheekers Podcast. And it's, uh, as you can tell by the title, is more of a whimsical kind of show where we just goof off and don't really have any trajectory. We just have fun and record. This episode's a little more organized. There's some interview questions, that sort of thing. And we just talk about a lot of really important subjects that I think you should be able to benefit from. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Enrique Garcia. All right, Enrique, well, welcome to the show. I'm excited to have you on. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Absolutely. It, I've had one guest, and that was uh, your friend and my friend, Bailey Stanfield, and you are now guest number two, so you are walking in some great steps here, or great shoes, I guess is how you say that. <laughs> you know, I like to be considered the number one, number two guy, so I'm glad mm. to be uh, on that list. <laughs> well, that, that's exciting. Exciting stuff here. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, so I am uh, currently sitting at my desk and have my wooden wick candle burning. Just took a nice cold shower, and I'm ready to rock and roll with this podcast. So got plenty of things to talk about in this episode. This is episode six of the Logan Damry Show. So that's really exciting. I've made it to six episodes. Milestone would be, you know, the big big goal would be number ten, you know, woo, or a hundred, you know, if you're if you're roulette lucky. Yeah, I I do plan on getting that high. So. Yeah, yeah, I think we can all achieve to get that high at one point. Exactly. So I I kind of want to just talk about a few things first. One, who are you? Who is Enrique Garcia? Where do you come from? Why do people need to know you? Do great question. You? Great question. And it, 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 it gives out a great answer. And I'll tell you why. Because I'm Enrique Garcia, and the only one who knows better than Enrique Garcia is his clone. So, with that being said, I'm going to hand it off to my main man, Enrique Garcia. So, give me just one second. Okay, cool. Hello? Hey, hey. this is Enrique Garcia. Frontman hey. and guitarist for the band Barcerado. This is Enrique Garcia, frontman bandist for the band Barcerado. We're going to get into the discussion of who I am. Or should I okay. say, who I am. I'm a, I'm a small town boy with big town dreams. Alright? I'm a... <laughs> I'm a guitarist. I'm a, a maker of things. I do drawing and music sometimes in the same capacity and oftentimes really badly. But I'm persistent. And that's what, uh, you know, makes me stand out in the crowd is uh, I strive to get better at everything I do. Uh, and so that's why I have so many outlets to get all my creative endeavors out. Um, and for the longest time, I think it's become a thing where I don't know what I want to do. I just know I want to do something. Um, so I have a lot of drive in me, but 
I don't really necessarily have a outlet or a funnel that'll put all my creative endeavors into just one basket. I'm just kind of like spread out, you know, like I can do music. I like drawing. I like, uh, I like writing, uh, fake stories sometimes. Oh, or like in my phone, I just like writing down things I think are funny and then I share them with people and see if it makes them laugh. And if it does, I've succeeded at something. So that's who I am in a nutshell. Uh, just a giant ball of endeavors that were garnered over the past 23 years. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we met in a very interesting way. Um, yeah. So Enrique and I met at the one only Taco Bell. Sponsored. No, not sponsored. Right, um, not sponsored. We met at Taco Bell, and the the first day I met him, Enrique was really quiet, really shy, just kind of doing his dishes. And I, I really didn't know how to crack this kid. And I was like, well, I'm not the most like sociable person in the world, but I, I really wanted to, to see if this kid had a voice. So I decided to give him a piece of paper to wash in the... Uh, the washing machine, the washing machine, the dishwasher, sprayed it down with some soap, and then we hung it out to dry. And I said, "This this paper right here symbolizes our soon-to-be friendship, and yes. as long as it's up here, our friendship shall last." And that paper did, is no longer there anymore. Yeah, <laughs> and it went away after like two months. <laughs> but it, yeah. was, it was there longer than two months. It was there for a good long time. So well, I remember I remember cleaning it on the Fourth of July that next year, and it was still there. I clean I cleaned the racks and stuff. I think I think more more so than that, we withstand the time. We withstood the t- test of time. Yes. And we we've we've persevered, and now we're in a band together, and we oftentimes uh, are in talks of like what our next step is in terms of this dynamic duo that we've uh, made. So it's cool, man. Yeah, to, to kind of talk a little bit more about how I know Enrique, I should have explained this before we got six minutes into the podcast. Enrique and I are also in a band together. Yes. This band is called Barcerado. I mentioned yes. in the last podcast. It's B-A-R-C-E-R-A-D-O. We are a... Sponsored. Funk band. Yes, yeah, sponsored. We are sponsored. We sponsor ourselves in this podcast. Yeah. We are a funk band based out of Charlotte, North Carolina. We make some interesting music, interesting in a good way, in my opinion. Um, but we we didn't always play funk music, believe it or not. The band started out as a trio in my upstairs bedroom at my old house with my good friend Dustin playing piano and reeking guitar. One day, we just all three happened to get in a triangular conversation asking if we want the jam, and we all got together at my house and played music. And the video of that is still up on the internet, not released. I feel like one day I'm going to make a um, a newsletter, and the people who buy, like the first 100 people who buy our album will get access to this, this YouTube video. Really? Yeah. yeah. I think it would be kind of funny. I think it'd be cool too. I like I like I like watching that video every now and then. Reminds me, me too. Of how far we've come from that yeah. small little room that your dad had. All those little boxes up there. Oh man, that was surrounded a, by boxes. 
That was a trying time. It was like it was like getting through a maze every time we got into your room. <laughs> but that that yeah. that room still holds up. It's still my favorite room to practice in. I love that. Yeah, room so I much. I really do miss that room. There was such a good vibe in that room, and especially when you got the lights off and you had the, uh, you know the what do you call it the, you know you 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 put the uh, the Christmas tree lights around your, your drum set. Yes. And we would do Where's My Dad, and uh, yes, we found was, him eventually. We did, and now we have to ask him again, later. <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, Man. nudge. Yes, we we need Nick Baker for that though. So Nick, if you're listening, <laughs> send us both a message right now, and we're going to hit you up and have you uh, play at Moochies with us to uh, sing to our new dad that you have not met yet. We found our dad. Get but the. But we need Nick Baker. Get those thighs on stage, man. They're uh, way too pretty to have them uh, working the old nine to five. You know what I'm saying? Got to get that girl out. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways, Enrique, so you you mentioned that you do additional things outside of music. Um, well, I guess I still want to continue talking about music before we get into your other endeavors. Yeah, let's let's talk about so, this music first. Yeah, I actually want to I want to dig deeper into your story a little bit more. I I do know your story about how you picked up a guitar and how you started singing. But I would like you to kind of just give our audience some perspective on what your influences were at a younger age and how they adapted to playing in a funk band right now. Sure, sure. So my very, I got my very first guitar uh, when I was 15 or 16. My grandma got it for me. She said, if you get good grades this semester, uh, I'll buy you a guitar. And I didn't, and she still gave it to me. So that's that's how that happened. And then in terms of music, oh man, like <laughs> as a kid I was more into like the uh the pop punk scene. I was a I was a very seen child. Uh I would I'd listen to Mayday Parade and uh Boys Like Girls and uh all those bands that were pretty pretty local to the scene genre. Yellow card? Yellow card, yeah, they're another one. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Me and Nick Baker went and saw them. Uh, their last show or last tour that they did here in Charlotte. Oh, you should tell the story about how the uh, the water bottle incident. Yes, the uh, lead <laughs> singer uh, stopped in the middle of one of my favorite songs, and someone threw a water bottle at him. So he stopped this music and was like po- trying to point out who it did who did it, and he was like, "Who threw it?" And he just saw it in the general direction where it was thrown, so he threw his water bottle, you know, <laughs> reasonable thing, into the general direction where someone threw their water bottle. And uh, the whole time people are chanting, like, that's the wrong guy. You've got the wrong person. And he's like, well, that's rude. Don't do it again. And so they, like, took a minute to, like, uh, collect themselves. More so the singer was. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then they, 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 in the middle of the song, I would, I would be like, all right, they're going to pick it up right where they started, right where they left off. And then they just went on to a new song. And I was like, gosh dang it. That, <laughs> how dare they? How dare they? And they never played it again. But uh, those, those punk bands, man. They, those that was a that was a night to behold. That was also the night Nick Baker. Uh, he didn't. He had. I don't think he ever been to the Fillmore, or maybe he had. But he. We were looking for parking, and we parked maybe 30 minutes away from the venue because we had thought there was no parking available at all near the Fillmore. And it turns out, as we were walking, it it, it was like maybe a 45-minute walk for us. As we're walking up to the venue, there's like rows of parking that are free, like available for anyone to take. And we're like, <laughs> and it's like five minutes away from the actual thing. 
So we're just like rolling our eyes because we had just been walking into in dog shit and mud and everywhere in Uptown Charlotte, just like thinking like, God, please end our lives. Yeah, so that's, that's Uptown Charlotte for you. It was it was pretty it was pretty stinky, but I got some <laughs> I got some memories on my phone of that night. Pretty good mm-hmm. night. Uh, what are we talking about? <laughs> we were talking about your. Uh, yeah, your yeah. journey in music and how punk music was a part of your younger journey. Uh, I mean, like, I guess I didn't really invest myself into a genre of music. Uh, I mean, I obviously listened to pop punk and all those guys back then, but I don't think I, like, started seriously taking songwriting or being a musician as a profession or something I could do in the future uh, up until, like, maybe the end of my high school or not even then that that drive to take it more serious i would say i've never taken music as a career more seriously than maybe up until the last year or two like as this band was forming because prior to this it was just me going like yeah i could be a music teacher or maybe i could just like you know do this as a hobby but it was never it was never i never considered it as like a as an option because I was like, oh, you just have to be really lucky in this business because that's all it is. But, you know, seeing Bailey go at it, he was a pretty pretty big one. Uh, Seeing Bailey get the job with Mr. Beast and uh, seeing the potential, more so than anything, what this band has as as musicians, uh, I, I had never been more secure in my thought process than, like, up until two years ago. I was like, we actually have something here. And when we met Chase, it was just like the pieces were coming together. So I think Chase I think is our bassist. He is. Chase is is our bassist yeah. in in a, a big bubble ranch. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he. Yeah. No. But I don't think I ever took it as seriously up until like a year or two ago. Because be, before that, it was just me maybe writing a song about. Uh, <laughs> this is funny. I wrote a song. Jason, my, the manager I, I have at Taco Bell, he asked me to write a song about this character he made up called Nino Hamburguesa. And I was like, done. <laughs> I'm doing it. And I did it. And we, I performed it for him and this other guy. And we were oh, like, what this is, is... What does Hamburguesa mean? What is that? It's just hamburger. It's just the bo- oh, okay. boy ham... I kind of ham- figured. I just wanted to make sure that was, <laughs> that, was on, that was on the right track here. <laughs> it was Hamburger Boy. And in the song, he had a... <laughs> he had a a sidekick called Milkshake Gonzalez. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> and I wish I knew the lyrics, or at least had the book with them, because it was, it was really funny. I'd like made up this whole backstory to Nino Hamburguesa, and it was in like A minor, so it was like really Hispanic. It was like da 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 da. So, yeah. So I would just do fun stuff like that before that, and I and I never thought it would be anything until. You know, as a reason. Well, the the band was formed in what 2015. Mm-hmm. It was the summer of 2015, so we're almost we're getting close to four years here. Uh, and I I feel like specifically in that summer period was when you started getting serious, at least with the band. And yes. it definitely got a lot more amped up as we started seeing more internal success, which we can talk about success here in a minute. Because uh, I do want to get your opinion on that. But as we started to see more successful performances, things going better, 
that kind of thing. I mean, our first real gig was at my dad's wedding, and I don't really consider that a, a real gig. We also played in my my dad's backyard two was it two times in the summer of 2015, I believe. Yeah, two times. Yep. Rod Rod Damery, Rodster. Or was that boss. 16? That might have been 16. I think that was 16. Regardless, uh, it, it's on the Facebook. We can check. Later. Yeah. Regardless, we played in our backyard. Like that was our gigs, and then we discovered these open mic nights in Indian Trail or Matthews, I guess technically, at Moochie's Tavern, which we still regularly play at. Um, but that gave us an outlet to start getting better at performances, so just getting more performance reps and performing in front of crowds. And we've gotten quite a few gigs branching off of that. So whether it came from directly that opportunity or just having proof of us playing actual gigs, by by no means have we taken Charlotte by a great big, you know. Not at all. Whatever you want to call that. We're not like Charlotte's (laughs) premier funk band by any means. No, we're not the Avid Brothers or anything. Right. But we're we're definitely getting to the point where we're starting to see a... Like, it's being more realistic for this band to possibly be an occupation. For us to actually make money out of this band and have this band be a business. And uh, to to me, that is fantastic. It's not the end-all, be-all by any means. It's we're, we're in this point right now in the creative journey. In, in my opinion, yes, while you do kind of have to have be... You have to be an entrepreneur to get a band off the ground. You have to be able to communicate with people. You have to be able to deal with money. You still have the creative journey that is making your product. And your product's the most important part if you're selling anything, especially if you're in a band. Your music and your performance, your stage presence is your product. So where I'm going at with this is that we have had the time to develop all this, and I feel like this is dedicated us more to this project because it's we had this mass amount of influence from seeing that we actually can do this. We can get people to listen to us. We can get people to dance to our music, to go along with our acts on stage. And the more and more we play, the more I see that coming true. I don't really define that as success, though. And I want, before I tell you what I think my definition of success is, like how do I pick your brain? Not, not even, it doesn't have to be with the band, but what, how would you define success? Yeah, success is definitely something that is defined, at least to me, uh, by an individual's standards. Uh, you can be successful at anything uh, as long as you're persistent in it. And with this band, I feel like we can succeed to whatever level we need to, or whatever whatever level we want to, as long as we know that we're all on the same page. And so... You know, some people look at it as a, a bigger-than-life picture, maybe uh, internationally known or whatever, or maybe it can be a successful local band, or maybe just a, a great backup, you know, uh, guitarist or tourist touring band. You know, it, it, it all comes down to uh, what do you want to get out of it, and that just comes at what you, asking yourself that question. So what? you're saying the goals that we set, the goals that have been set for the band, and if we actually achieve those goals... Yeah, it's it's all about it's all about what you want to get out of this band, if you're looking to get something out of it, um, personally and as a group. And I feel both of these things, you know, individually what I'm looking for, 
and what I'm trying to attain or what we're trying to attain together is 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 to, towards the the right direction of what I want to do and what I want to learn especially from all of you I, I see what you're saying for the most part yeah, success to me and I, I definitely do agree that success comes from setting goals and achieving those goals but a bigger picture of how I look at success though is I, I look more at the emotional side of it rather than the achievement side of it in the sense of finding joy and being happy because you can find a lot of achievemental is that a word? Achievemental. I don't know. Yeah, make, yeah, let's make it a word. Yeah, we'll make it a word. You can you can find a lot of success coming from achievements and still not be happy, still not have joy. So I mean, it's it's one of those things that finding joy out of situations that may not be great. You know, we're, we've been playing at an open mic night for a year. I I could easily say, wow, I wish we had more paid gigs than this, and be like super upset and quit. But just being perseverant and finding joy in the fact that I get to play an instrument. That brings joy to me, and joy makes me happy, obviously, because joy and happiness go hand in hand. So that, that's I definitely agree with what you're saying as far as the achievemental part of it goes. But I just want to kind of chime that in as well as far as just learning to find joy in situations that may suck, especially with open mic night playing and that kind of stuff. And which, I mean, in my opinion, open mic nights are great. I don't think they suck by any means. You, it's kind of easy, this is talking from experience, it's easy to kind of get stuck in the routine of going to the same place over and over again. However, while you do that, you, you're meeting people, you're networking, you're making friends, yes, and you're getting more people exposed to your music. So I, if you are a musician, singer, or even a comedian, I can't press enough that you should go to open mic nights. And branch out and go to multiple open mic nights. You know, that that's just more meeting people and more relationships. And really, if you are in business at all, it's all about relationships. You know, the people in the band, Enrique, Chase, and Alex. I've known Alex since high school. Enrique, I met you after I graduated, the year after I graduated. And Chase, we just met, you know, I've only known him since August, really. Right. But the bottom line is, if we hadn't developed a relationship with Chase, I mean, yes, the the fact that we play like-minded music is great, but we're, we developed a relationship with him right off the bat, and we've, we're still developing a relationship with him. But it's even like when we got Nick in the band, and when we got, you know, we got Alex in the band, we developed relationships with them. And to me, that's more important than everything else that happens. Yes, I love the music, and I just realized I'm going on for a super long time here, so I'm sorry. <laughs> That's all right. You're preaching, I love man. the music, uh, and but I love the relationships the most. And I feel like the more you make relationships in any outlet of business, whether you're in the creative industry, the music industry, etc., that's the most important part. Right. It makes it easier, too, uh, being in a community like the ones we're in with Moochies and Shannon and all of them, because it's it's... I think it definitely playing with them and seeing them do their stuff day day in and day out, uh, and you're seeing them post about the shows they have. It it proves to us that this is viable. That there is a community out there that does this that can 
make a living with this, even though even if it's just a part-time living, it's still a living regardless. And they're doing what they love to do. They're sharing their talent and being a part of and seeing them do what they do on stage. Uh, you know, every Tuesday we go or every Thursday when we're at Dream Chasers or at Small Bar, I, I think that really nudged us uh, to, you know, push forward because it, it they're great musicians and respecting them and seeing them do what they do is like, it's like, it's just, it just, for me, it kind of blows my mind because I'm like, these guys are in their, their 40s or like their 30s or whatever. I'm probably going to get kicked for that <laughs> <laughs> if, they, if they ever listen to this. I'm but, you know, they're, they're, they're older than us, right? They've, uh, I mean, and I mean that, like, they have had way more experience. I mean, Nate's um, our dad. Nate is our dad. These dad. are the people who run the open mic night at Moochie's, by the way. Right. For you that are listening. I mean, these guys have, have been doing this since they were our age, right? So this just Maybe comes to show. Maybe, right? I mean, it, it just goes to show that uh, they're doing it and they're happy and you know there might be some stressful parts but they're doing what they love to do and they're they're persevering and that to me is inspirational yeah if anything i i have moments in my careers so whether it's my music career or my creative career that i sometimes will question you know why am i doing this why am i watching this youtube video am i learning something from it why am i making this video why am I making this song? Like a lot of times I'll have those kind of questions and it all always goes back to having a deep rooted passion for these things. And really my passion personally comes from the connection that these things do like or have rather. They're an outlet for uh, communication. Like, I mean, if you, if you think about it, like this podcast making videos, playing video games, being in a band. It's all direct communication through art. So just having that passion there is huge for me. And just understanding that and getting to watch Nate and Shannon perform very passionately and very excellently every week is definitely inspiring. And also seeing other musicians come into the Open Mind Night who are the same way. It's it's a great thing to do. Yeah, but man. I, I kind of want to shift gears a little bit, since we did talk about that you do other things in music. So now I'm getting onto the subject. <laughs> yeah, man. So you create YouTube videos occasionally. You draw a little bit. Tell us about that and kind of why you do that and what what you really enjoy about that kind of thing. So. I enjoy different parts about this different stuff that I do. Uh, when I make a YouTube video, I enjoy uh, the quick cuts and the editing that I can that I can like make a video that's already been posted and turn it into something else or like something I've recorded, and then I can add layers of like nuances to it, like maybe a joke out of get a joke out of it or intensify something and I, I like that part of video editing and I mean with drawing it's more like drawing it's more like I enjoy characters and I've always 
loved cartoons since I was a kid, and I still love them today as an adult. And I've always appreciated animators and what they do and the amount of effort and time that goes into animation. Um, and before this, like before anything with music, I always wanted to be a, a cartoon animator for games or for a show. I think that was like my first dream job I wanted as a kid. So I've always I always loved uh, doing sketches since I was a kid, and uh, occasionally I'll pick up something up. Like I got this app on my phone called uh, Procreate. And is this works. the app that you were talking about earlier? Yeah, this is this is nice. an app that works just like Photoshop, and that it works with layers and stuff. But uh, you have like pen tool, and I think you only have like a pen tool and a race tool, a fill tool, and then like you know you can change the shapes of stuff. Um, but that's that's me in drawing, and then with music, it's just always been like self-expression, with like being loud or being soft or uh, being funky in our case. <laughs> and I guess like the culmination of all these things is that I'm just, I'm like kind of ADHD with everything. I don't like stay with one thing for longer than like maybe a month um, with the exception of this band. Do you, why do you think that is? I couldn't tell you. Like my mom told me a story one time. She was like, uh, she swears this happened. I don't remember it, but she said when I was five or six years old, uh, she took me to the doctor because she thought I had ADHD. And the doctor was like, yeah, it's kind of mild, but it's nothing we can diagnose right now. And I was like, okay. So I have like very mild <laughs> ADHD, but it's not serious. Like it won't gotcha. impair, it won't impair my, uh, my ability to be a human being. You know, I've, so, I've known you for so long and I did not know that was a thing. No, it's not. It's not like serious. It's not like I right. can't. Like I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't tell you about it unless it was serious. Because this, it, it literally just means I can't. I mean, I can do normal things. I can work, go to school. Fo- I just need to focus up when I need to do my things that I want to do. But if I'm like being myself, and I'm sitting in my computer, like it just comes down to like, what do I feel like doing today? Drawing. Right. So it's really like the deep rooted aspect of it yeah it's, it's not serious at all that just goes back to knowing what your calling is and what you're passionate about right now specifically you know that that's really important it's kind of like why i returned to doing this podcast you know it's it has a lot of room for improvement but because i enjoy it i take the time to take notes and get better at it and i know i'm gonna listen to this and say wow i could have asked way better questions <laughs> So, it, you know, it's just really knowing what you're passionate about and knowing what you're called to do, right? Do you agree with that? Yeah, and even if you're not good at something that you're really passionate about, you know, just trial and error has se- has seemingly, for me at least, been the answer for almost everything that I've done. So, like, I was never good at guitar when I started. No one is, unless, like, you're some... <laughs> You know, guitar guy that's come down from the the hells of the the hills of Valhalla. The hells. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, but like, and with drawing, it's the same thing. I I would take a, a Calvin and Hobbes comic strip and I would just trace over it, and then I would draw whatever I traced, over and over again until I got the head right or the hand. And editing is the same way. So like, I I would never discourage anyone to, uh, who says you know they're they're really bad at this thing. I was like, well, just keep doing it until it gets better. Because to me, that's that's always been the answer. 
to everything yeah, exactly. I fully agree with that. It's it's the matter of fact of some people are born with more talent in areas. Like that's undeniable. Like I saw this kid at Nam. Nam, I guess how you say it, Nam. <laughs> Vietnam. <laughs> not Nam. <laughs> but at Nam, he's like a yeah. four-year-old kid who was like shredding. And sure, he could have been, you know, he, I'm sure he was taught a lot of that. But right. there's also a part of you, like some people have a lot more natural sense of timing and rhythm, yes. like understanding of rhythm. If we're talking about music specifically, you know, it can go with drawing too. Some people could be terrible at drawing. But if you work hard at something long enough and more importantly, work smartly with something, work smart, be smart. You smart. use your energy in the right place. Yep. That's so important. And just taking the time to be a student of what you love. And when you are a student of what you love, make sure you're not getting lost in the monotony of learning. That is something that is definitely real. College. Calling you out. Oh, um, I heard that podcast. Yeah, you heard you that one, Bailey. Yeah, yeah, I could do. I could make a whole other podcast on that. Yeah, you guys but, were were going on. For, you had to make a two parter. You guys were so so in depth. You know, I really didn't need to make that episode two parts. I feel like I could have just kept it as one long conversation, and it would have worked out better. Yeah. The retention rate on people listening to the first one and the second one didn't quite match up. So I feel like if I just left it all as one podcast, people probably would have stayed longer. Yeah. Because we released it on two days. So this this goes back to me just being analytical about what I'm doing right now because I enjoy it. Yeah. It's fun, yeah. man. When you, it, when it you really get is. to do what you love to do, it, it, there's no better feeling. And when when you find what that thing is, is even better because there's some people that I've met, especially outside of Moochie's, uh, you know, in between sets, and they'll, they'll, they'll say to me something like, hey, I don't know if this is what I want to do. I'm just trying it out. And... They'll they'll either say like maybe it's not for me or they're like I'm gonna try something else and when you find that especially for someone like me <laughs> who's been like has like five different career changes and was in college for like five years just trying different things until nothing worked you know it, it's it's like a it's like a you got the whole weight on your shoulder and then like it's like oh, release you're fine. You're just weird. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that one. <laughs> but yeah, man. I totally get it. Yeah, it's it's just perseverance and experimenting, really. Absolutely. I could not agree more. Experiment until you can't experiment no more, and then when you're done with that, experiment some more. Yeah. Nobody has anything really figured out in life, let's be honest. So that goes hand in hand with that concept. People are just experimenting as they go along, and they're finding out what works. And I, I talked about this in a, a podcast, I think it was like episode three, about creating a system and making a process that you can trust. Yeah. You, know, you can go back and listen to that if you audience if you don't know what I'm talking about. But that that this is basically what people are doing. You you make a process, you create a process and a system that goes to that process, and you just try it out, and make sure it works. That's just what people are doing all day long, every day. No one really has it figured out. There's always more effective ways of doing stuff most of the time, and just learning how to be more effective and how to really just cap you know capture your passion and, and combine those things. It takes a lot of work, a lot of time, a lot of energy. Uh, but I, I want to go ahead and change gears one more time here. 
Uh, there's a few more things I definitely want to talk about, but one thing that you and I have talked about quite a bit, uh, we've actually had a pretty deep conversation with Fred before multiple times about this. Fred is Fred is a friend of ours, um, and that that speak is for about. Let's speak for yourself. Okay, <laughs> we're not we're not doing this. Is not the Chubby Cheekers podcast. I know, but you know, <laughs> I I haven't talked to him in a long time, and uh, my life's been so so good, so great. Uh, and you're not blaming that on Fred, though. I hope. <laughs> no, I mean, never, never, Good. never. Fred has actually lined up to be a potential guest on this show, by the way. This show? Yeah. Really? Yes. Well, I'm and glad the Chubby Cheekers bef- podcast. I'm glad I came before him. <laughs> we'll see what he has to say about that. But but anyways, <laughs> I, I remember multiple conversations, <laughs> and ironically on Rocket League, about being internet famous. And yeah. This this is something that I have. I don't want to say I've had an internal struggle on it, because I don't desire to be internet famous. I I mean I what I really want to do is I want to build and cultivate an audience and a community. That's what I'm looking at. But I feel like and a lot of creators, what what they're called I guess you can call them influencers. A lot of what these people are talking like Matt Diavella and. Uh, Sari, Sari, what am I saying? Sarah De- Dici. I'm, I'm completely butchering her name. Sarah Dici. Uh, I don't know. I'm sorry. There's, there's a lot of different characters out there. Characters. I'm just, I'm stepping on myself right now. Hey man, take one step at a time, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I really, what's happening is I'm currently recording over a template, and my audio is diminishing right now because I've never recorded a podcast this long other than with Bailey. Huh. <gasps> And I'm really distracted by that, so it's not gonna be. It won't be an issue. It's just uh, my my mind is kind of freaking out. But anyway, people like that, like Colin and Samir, Yes Theory, these grouping of people, they always talk about how a lot of people are kind of just in this internet game for the attention, for the views, for the sponsorships, and they're not really there to make a good product and good, make good content at the core. So I want to get your thoughts on why there's like this internet gold rush going on and just what your thoughts around that are and why that is the case. So why are people conceited? <laughs> uh, let's see. Well, I definitely think it big part of it comes down to the type of culture we're in. Uh, Whatever, what is this? Generation Z? I don't even called? know at this point. Millennials, Some, Generation s- Z. Something like that. I definitely think with the introduction of uh, these apps like uh, Snapchat and Instagram and uh, the direction that YouTube was taking things, um, it became more about like, you know, making everyone think, oh, you're important because you just posted all this, you know, you just post about yourself uh, to all your friends that you have here. And the more friends you have, the more socially acceptable, uh, more people you can reach, you know. And it it started with, like, just, you know, in a small group of, like, you know, f- MySpace or with Facebook. And then it just kind of got outrageously out of hand once, like, uh, Twitter and all that stuff started getting uh, their hand in the jar. So I... I would blame apps, but that just seems implausible. I I really think it just comes down to, uh, you know, just look at 
how you know cultures changed. I mean, I think this I think this kind of like very conceited mindset that most people have towards like trying to get successful on the internet stems from like really maybe some sometime in the early 2000s uh like right at the turn of the century when like reality TV started becoming a thing mm. like the, the second reality television like uh hit you know started to get on MTV that's when like everything kind of changed for at least to me because prior to that you got to think about it MTV was like a uh a block that had like Beavis and Butthead had like Wonder Shows in at one point um it was like pushing some boundaries. It was almost like a Adult Swim before Adult Swim became a little bit bigger than what it is. Um, but you know, you know, at the same time, MTV is is just catering to the teenage audience, so it's just following the trend of whatever's cool. And so, whenever that you know setting stone, that stepping stone was for like reality TV and like early 2000s stuff. I feel like that's where things started to change gear, and it became more about like person pers- personality of a person and how how close you felt to them, you know? Because I I could talk in front of a mic or in front of a uh, camera and like tell you about my day, and it's like, oh my god, he's letting me in to his life, and I feel part of it. Or like, you know, look look how many people he's he's got uh around him look at all these friends he has it's like i need to have that too um and so i think somewhere around there and then it just got progressively like it went uphill with social media and then just like um it's just gotten out of hand and now people want to like just be internet famous i guess <laughs> that's no, what I that's what came to my head <laughs> i definitely agree with like everything you just said it, it reminds me of this conversation Allison and I had the other day where I was mentioning to her that some of these shows that we're watching, such as, um, what is it, Good Mythical Morning, yeah. Colin and Samir, Yes Theory, like we've been watching a lot of those shows together, and I, I was realizing, like, yo, instead of watching TV, my wife and I are literally watching YouTube right now. Right, and this is very much replacing. Not hasn't completely replaced by any means, but it's replacing the genre of reality television, like vlogging, that kind of stuff. Good Mythical Morning is more a talk show format, um, but with like Yes Theory and Colin Samir, Matt Diavella, not, yeah. not so much Matt Diavella, but these these kind of influencers, creators, filmmakers, whatever you want to label them as it's very much becoming more of a reality show. And the thing that makes it different than reality television is, is before with reality television, you had to audition or get noticed by a producer to be a person or a character, whatever you want to call them on a reality TV show. But now you literally can start a YouTube channel more than likely with the cell phone that's in your pocket. I yeah. just uploaded a video today that was exclusively shot on iPhone 8 Plus, and I, this is my third. This is my third complete video I've done in the last six months solely with my iPhone. And is it great? No. Is it the most cinematic rig you could possibly get? By no means. Like it is absolute trash when it comes to a lot of different things. But 
if you are trying to get started out, you need to be able to tell, learn how to tell a story first. You have the tools to do that more than likely. Like most people have that. So I feel like that influences people more to get in the game. So really, if you think if you think about it, just like the actual gold rush, there's more access to that resource. And everybody's flooding all at once to throw their content on the internet. And a lot of times people are just making very bad content and pushing it to get get attention. And that's something that a lot of my favorite creators preach against is if you're making content, you need to learn how to tell a great story. Content right. is key. It's not about posting your face on the internet and talking for five hours. Just like with this podcast, I could literally sit here and talk for five hours and the content could be meaningless. And that, that's something I, I am definitely trying to avoid in producing content. I want to make sure that the content is meaningful and these conversations are insightful and that people can learn from them. Because th these are very much concepts that I have learned from other people or things I've learned from my own experience. And the more I go along, the more I want to be my own experiences rather than other people. Because I don't want to just regurgitate others' information. So that goes along with what I'm saying about telling a good story and not getting stuck in the trap of what that is as in the internet gold rush. If you see what I'm saying there. I agree. And I was I agree also with what you said about the resources. It it, it got out of hand when you kinda gave this person a cell phone that can do all this stuff. Like you can now uh message uh you know, update people about what you're doing. You can film anything that you're doing take a picture uh now like nowadays like you but his garage band is now like on all iphones right yes. you can make yeah. anything you want on there and so there's like a there's like a two sides of a coin right it's like really helpful for anyone who's trying to get started you have all these uh utilities you can use on your phone or like that that are accessible but at the same time like people can morph it into <laughs> you know these really Terrible, selfish motives stinky videos <laughs> <laughs> well you know it's funny because in the beginning of this podcast we're basically preaching about you know persevering and yeah <laughs> driving and just making your content great yeah. and now we're over here talking about like how there's so many resources and how it's like can be a bad thing that's not what we're saying we're not saying it is a bad thing i think more or less what we're saying is bad is the societal pressure of it and the the fact that people are in it for the wrong motives. So it's, it really goes to having good motives in producing content. You know, like I said, that's something I definitely want to avoid is producing content that is lacking of meaning or lacking of anything that's not helpful. Yeah. And if you're doing something and you're not, you're not, you're doing it, but you're doing it because you, you're not wanting to get better at it. Or if you're just doing it, lazily then you enjoy it hopefully yeah then get out dude because that's not that's <laughs> not what it's all about i remember my this is something my what seventh grade or eighth grade high school uh english teacher told me she's like she like gave us the cold hard truth she was like you guys can can quit high school right now go to like the local mcdonald's or whatever you guys can work two jobs at McDonald's and Wendy's. You guys can flip burgers all your life, and that'll that'll probably sustain you for like uh, a year's worth of rent. And you can just keep doing that for all your life, and you'll be fine. 
and she's like and she was like I, I can promise you most people that's what they do when they leave high school they just get like a nine to five job somewhere but she was like but even at college that's what's happening yeah she, but she, but she she reiterated she was like but she was like but uh you got to promise me this you're gonna do that you better be the best damn burger flipper out on the market because you don't just do this just to survive that's not what this life's about that's not what we're trying to get out of you is we want you to find what your calling is and then apply it to the best of your ability so if you're going to go out you're going to go flip burgers for the rest of your life you better learn how to do it to the best of your ability and i was like whoa that kind of spoke to me because it was like what am i actually doing here you know am i just here sitting down doing a curriculum or am i actually trying to actively figure out what i want to do and that's kind of like the you know that ding moment <laughs> you know what i mean yeah, that's definitely important to to discover those moments within meaningful conversations and stuff and just understanding, you know, it's, it's very easy to fall in the trap of why am I even on this earth? Right. And, you know, and many people have their own answers for that and I could go on and on about what I think is the truth of that, but I, I don't want to get that deep in this moment since we're kind of close yeah. out of time. That's next week's episode. Yeah, that's next week's episode. The Meaning of Life with Logan Damry. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, talking about, I kind of want to talk about being conceited and using the internet to feel conceitedness real quick before we do wrap things up. That's something that I'm actually legitimately thinking about changing the name of this podcast. I don't know what I would change the name of it to, but I feel really odd having my name as the podcast, like the Logan Damry show. Like it, that, the the motives behind me having this podcast is not rooted in in conceit, but just having my name there makes me feel that way. You know what I mean? I get what you're saying, but like, I mean, unless you have like a better name, like the Chubby Cheekers podcast sponsor. Oh, oh gosh. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I it's also like uh, pretty original. I mean, you got people like the Rich Eisenhower show. You got uh, yeah. What's that podcaster everyone likes? Joe Rogan. Yeah, Joe Tim Ferriss as well. You know, it's but like, it's the, just the difference name. between them and me, though, is they're actually a quote-unquote household name. Like people know who they are. They're quote-unquote influencers. Right they're now, now they are though. I mean, when yeah, they started, exactly. I don't exactly. think anybody was was listening to them. They just called their show whatever they. I mean, they weren't thinking about like, hey, let's let's change the name to something else because it sounds really bad. Right. So that's kind of where I'm where I'm at right now. Is I think it could be beneficial to change the name. However. I'm always going to be Logan Damry. Until the day I die, I'm Logan Damry. You know what I mean? That's my name, and there's not a single other Logan Damry on this earth. Well, I mean, even when you're dead, you'll still kind of be Logan Damry. That is very true. Like, if the internet survives beyond (laughs) my life, Logan Damry, the name will still be on the internet, and you will still... Well, you'll be listening to a Dead Guys podcast. If this is like 100 years from now, you can somehow find these podcasts. Like, you listen to a Dead Guy. That's really freaking weird. It is weird. <laughs> Very. Well, anyway, anyways, let's, let's let's avoid morbid conversation here. <laughs> let's get into more more mortality. No, no. Let's let's talk about the perfect sandwich recipe. Yes. Please, everyone, get your <laughs> pens. Get your uh, get your utensils. No piece of paper. All right, ready. I got this recipe from. Oh, we can we can loop this back from experimentation. All right, I Ooh. have in the hunt, always been looking for the perfect sandwich. And everyone tells me, oh, you got to go to this place. Or like, oh, this place makes it the best. Or, no, it's this recipe. And I was like, 
no. You know, one night I was like, you know, tonight I'm going to get everything out of the fridge and I'm just going to try and make anything. So that's what I did. One night I went downstairs into my kitchen. It was like 1 a.m. or something. And I was like, I'm just going to make every sandwich I can think of. So I did peanut butter and jelly. I did ham and cheese. I, I put an egg in one. Uh, I had these like are a, multiple sandwiches, correct? Yes, yes. These okay, are all good. different sandwiches. I, I didn't just want to make them. sure you weren't meshing them all together. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I made one big like monster of a sandwich. Oh no, my gosh, that'd be awful. I I I made many different sandwiches, and they did not go to waste, so nobody complained. Um, I ate all of them over the span of a couple of weeks, but eventually I got down to like. Uh, rotisserie chicken that my mom had left and this sauce I got from this uh, place called Viva Chicken. Was it ranch? It was not. It's like a, it's like almost like spicy sauce. Okay, uh, okay. But anyway, um, actually, I could probably look up what the actual right name of it is if I could just like look it up. You can actually buy it from like bottles of it. I didn't know this, but you can buy bottles of this sauce at Viva Chicken and it's the yellow sauce that you, they have um, kind of like th- their condiments are more like uh, catered to the type of food that they sell. So they sell Peruvian. like Peruvian, Peruvian yeah. food, yeah. So uh, I really want to find out what the name of the sauce is so I don't mess it up. Well, it has that sauce, rotisserie chicken, and what else? It's it's sauce, rotisserie chicken, um, uh, mayonnaise, and oh God, I'm blanking. Maybe an did I put an egg? I don't think I put an No, there was no egg. Um, I think it was just those three things. It was rotisserie chicken. No, no, no. no. It was uh, oh. queso fresco. Queso oh. fresco. All, all right. right. That sounds delicious. Now, let me tell you how it's done, all right? First of okay. all, you got to get either a good piece of ciabatta bread or like... Um, what do call like a French bread, maybe a cubano something, right? But it's gotta it's gotta be able to hold a sandwich kind of like a like an Italian sub would, right? Um, so you get that butter bottom and top. Very important that you do that, and then grill it so that you get that nice brown topping, right? This is very detailed. It is. I'm. I'm not. I'm not kidding you. I have this recipe written down because I know it is the best sandwich because I made it one time. Then I made it again like two months later, and I was like, "This is still the best thing ever." Are you gonna pass it on to your ancestors? Absolutely. Not your ancestors. And you know what I mean. Yeah. So you get. The, so you butter the buns right, both inside and out. Um, then you take the mayonnaise, spread it on top, just a little bit, not too much, because if you put too much mayonnaise, then it kind of ruins, takes away from the yellow sauce that I still don't know the name of. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm I'm doing a disgrace to the people of Peru. I call myself a Peruvian, but don't even know the name of the sauce. Uh what is it? Okay, so you you get the uh you got the mayonnaise on there, you already got the the buns toasted. Next is the, the chicken, which it's a rotisserie chicken, so you can get one that's already pre made at uh Harris Teeter, you can make one yourself, or you can get the one at Viva Chicken. Sponsor. Not at all. They're not sponsored. Is the sauce called... I'm going to butcher this. Aji Amariello? Mar- I don't even know how to say that. Yes. Aji, Amario? Aji Amario. 
I'm, uh, there you go. Yes. Okay. It's it, all it is. It, all that says is just yellow sauce, uh, or <laughs> yellow hot, yellow spice. Amazing. But anyway, pick it up like the. It's just orange peppers. It's just aji amarillo. I don't know what else they put in it, but that's There's the oil, sauce. Mayonnaise, sour cream, queso fresca, rochetta, and feta, as is well that, as a tablespoon of ketchup and lime. Is salt that, and pepper as well. Were you reading that off the website? Yeah, that's the ingredients. Wait, they have the ingredients listed on their website? Well, it's not like it's not specifically like Viva Chicken's website, but it's, oh, like, okay. a, it's like a subreddit okay. type of thing. But uh, yeah, so a lot of the stuff that's actually on your sandwich is also in this sauce. <laughs> yes, it so is. You're just doubling that up, man. That's that's all you're really doing. So you put the, the rotisserie chicken, which you slice into like little strips, right? And then you put it on layer on top of layer, making sure that it stays, you know, relatively, you know, hefty. And then the sauce goes on top. On top. Not on the bottom, not in between the layers, but on top. All right? Grill that bad boy just a little bit because you've already grilled it from when you buttered it up. But just grill it a little bit to get the, to get it a little warm. Um, or no, I'm sorry. I forgot the cheese. Then you put the cheese. What kind of cheese? It's queso fresco. So you take okay, the queso, okay, gotcha. queso fresco, and you put it um, in on the bottom before you get before you get the uh, uh, before you put the rotisserie chicken on. So you have the mayonnaise, then the cheese, then the rotisserie chicken st- strips, then the sauce on top, and that, my friends, once you grill it, is like, oh, it's probably the best sandwich I've ever had. And, All right, uh, we gotta make a deal. Yeah. So I would like to have you on the show again, and of when course. I do have you on the show again, yeah, we need to start the show off by eating or making and eating the world's best sandwich. Dude, I'll one up that. Why don't we on your YouTube channel or something start a cooking show where we make sandwiches or like different stuff that we find on the internet, and it'll be called Two Guys Who Don't Know How to Cook. I am totally down for that. I think we can definitely make this a thing. Can we please make this a thing? I mean, it's your YouTube I, channel. You call the shots, no, man. No, I'm down, man. Like I, I you know, I want to start making some content for YouTube that's like talking head stuff, and I think that'd be a great, great show to add to the channel. Kiss me, dude. I'm not gonna do that. You always know what to say. Well, that's pretty much gonna <laughs> wrap up our time for today. <laughs> Enrique, my last question for you. Yes. Is it if people want to find you, if you want people to find you, not in a oh. creepy way, where can they find you? What's your social media handles, that kind of stuff? Dude, don't even don't even look me up. Just look up the band that we're in. Barcerado. Barcerado band. You also have a SoundCloud though. I do, but you know You I don't mean, want to share that? If you want to listen to my lo fi kind of music that is pretty good. Okay. Okay. It's pretty good. I won't say it's the best. People have told me it's alright. Uh it's it's senior baits or soundcloud.com slash senior baits S C N O R B A T E S. I have warned you. <laughs> there is one spoken word thing on that that's pretty great. Oh the uh oh the kiss him. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's that's pretty fucking great. I just got I, I got a message from like one of my aunts or something. Or like my uncle. <laughs> no, no, it's my cousin, sorry. Oh man. I, I got everybody. No, I I got a <laughs> from my, my cousin. He was like 
what the heck is this? And he showed me, <laughs> sent me this kiss him. And I was like, I don't know. Did you follow the directions? And he was like, no. And I was All like, right, well, you... then you'll never know what it is. The, the audience has to go look this up now. That's fine. Like, go go look up <laughs> Senior Bates on SoundCloud and listen to Kiss Him. It, you will not regret it. <laughs> I made, uh, let me just warn you, if you actually do, if anyone actually does, I made this at like, what? Uh, <laughs> I was like, an hour before I had to clock into work. And I was like, I had just down, I just bought um, Wolf Compressor, the plug-in. And I was, I was just messing around with it. <laughs> and I was like, talking into a mic and I was like eh, post this on SoundCloud or whatever because <laughs> I thought it was well, stupid it worked it was pretty funny <laughs> <laughs> alright Enrique well thank you for joining me for episode 6 of the Logan Damry show and being the second guest ever of the show so yeah man thank you very much for that like I said I'd love to have you on again and just want to thank you for your time being here it's my pleasure uh, thank you for coming to the Logan Damry show and hosting it uh you know, when I approached you this job offer at the beginning, I was like, let's do a podcast about you. You were like, eh, I don't know. I don't want to sound conceited. But none like, of this happened. And then you were like, I showed you the paycheck, and you are like, eh, that, that, I have not gotten a, a single dime out of this podcast. <laughs> and, you, and you never will. And you never will. We have oh, you contracted. You. We have you contracted. Oh. Well, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> wait, why am I saying ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> Goodbye, Enrique. I'm going to end the recording here, and then the people are going to hear an outro. Yeah, I'm pressing. I'm stopping right. the recording. You are listening. No, <laughs> no, the wrong, cheek. wrong podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and that was my conversation with Enrique Garcia. I hope you enjoyed it. There's more content similar to this coming out in the future. More interview style podcast, that sort of deal. Uh, if you have any critiques, suggestions for the show, please let me know by sending me a message. If you want to support the show, you can subscribe. You can save it, you can favorite it, you can rate it five stars. There's a lot of different things you can do. But most importantly, you can share the podcast with your friends via social media or word of mouth. So whatever you feel love to do, or if you're not allowed to do anything, please do that. <laughs> Otherwise, I will see you next week for another episode of the Logan Demery Show, the Big 07. We'll see you then. I'll see you then. Whatever. Goodbye. <laughs>